Before we begin today's story, I want to take a moment to talk about how you can support this show and the work being done with the project. Everything I do is in joyful service of the same goal, to help people connect with their shared lived experiences so that we may heal together from the inside out. Asking for money, or any help for that matter, is not something that comes naturally to me, especially when I have a paying job and people naturally might assume that I can keep up with the pace. So instead of burning myself out, I'm practicing what I preach and asking for the support I need to keep going. In order to justify the time it takes to write and produce this podcast and its accompanying newsletter, I'm asking for your support. Your subscription for $5 a month, and that's it, makes it all possible. If you're a free subscriber, you get my weekly story project newsletter and my What's Your Story podcast episodes for free delivered right to your inbox without doing anything at all. And it's important to me that everyone who wants access to my content can get it, regardless of their means. But if you're looking for something specific, more personal and connected, then upgrading your subscription for $5 a month is the way to do it. You get everything that I've already listed above, plus an added new layer of interactive features beyond the typical podcast offerings of ad-free listening, such as full access to my regular subscriber Q&As, where each week I answer a handful of reader questions about mental and physical health, as well as share some of the deeper details from the stories you hear right here on the podcast. You get periodic Google Meet Hangouts with me, bonus episodes of this podcast, and the ability to pitch stories and or ideas for the newsletter. Not to mention access to my full archive of content and other fun extras like live chat sessions and more. Buckle up, because becoming a paid member of this newsletter and its accompanying podcast is now the best way to support my content and to become a more active part of the storyteller community. And even without using any of the new features I listed, becoming a paid subscriber means that you're committing to helping me grow this platform and share stories in order to bring people closer together and collectively heal from whatever troubles us. What does it mean to regulate emotions? It's a term frequently used by meditators, as well as many self-help books. It's one of the big reasons people are drawn to meditation. It's one of the big rewards of meditation. Meditation helps you regulate your emotions. What does that actually mean? Regulating emotions is not about suppressing negative emotions. Feeling negative emotions is often necessary and healthy in life. For example, if you're feeling unsatisfied with your work, That may actually be a useful sign telling you that it's time to look at moving on in your career. Suppressing those feelings of dissatisfaction is unhealthy in the long run. You see, feelings carry valuable information that you can help use to make essential life decisions. Learning to regulate emotions isn't about avoiding suppressing emotions or not feeling those emotions at all. Instead, it's about learning to navigate them skillfully. And learning to skillfully navigate emotions means you're able to fully dive into those emotions, even those really intense moments, and still act with integrity. You act from your highest values rather than reacting impulsively to the emotion. Div Manikam has spent a few years navigating those emotional journeys and learning that there are more emotions than just crying. She's learning how to accept the now, be fully present, and not worry about the past or the future. You know, those things you can't control. 
perspective has realized she was getting overwhelmed with everything that's coming in the next few months. So she's beginning to understand the importance of taking it one step at a time. Maybe that's all life really is. One step, one moment, and one day at a time. From Fragile Moments and Not Today Media, I'm your host, JD, and this is story number 47 of the What's Your Story podcast, Broken Teacup. Uh, mindful soul and a believer in simplicity. I have ventured into this world since 2020 to explore a portfolio life. And that means trying to do the things that really matter for me, uh, that truly, truly matters from mentoring to exploring and traveling the world is what I've realized it comes down to <laughs> two, two main things. My story starts with looking back in Feb 2020, when I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. I remember walking into the doctor's office, literally crying for the 30 minutes or so that I had. And the doctor, nothing wrong. It's just generalized anxiety disorder. There's a name to what you're facing and what you're experiencing. I was burnt out. I was stressed out. Everything that I was doing didn't matter. I was on autopilot for a good two years. I would keep going to the doctor and Every time I would go, they'd be like, yeah, just don't eat the things that your body doesn't like was the answer I got because every time something would trigger and my stomach would get really upset. I would mm. have to run to the bathroom right away. And when you're outside, finding a restroom can be a nightmare. There were times where I was literally on the floor being like, I can't move. Like, I just need to get something out of my stomach right now. Mm. And uh, that was rough. But... Every time it yeah. was, okay, don't eat the things you can't, your body can't take. Otherwise, you are healthy. Like I was more than healthy than I needed to be. So I think the doctor couldn't quite diagnose what was happening. Sure, yeah. Fast forward to Feb 2020 was when I really understood what was triggering it. I realized work was very stressful. The um, My marriage was getting to a point where it didn't quite make sense the way it was. And I had to really make some choices. And that led to a lot of the anxiety as a didn't really understand what was going on. But if I look back, I think I was very fortunate to have the right support system, the right folks coming into my life. I discovered mindfulness. I found communities where I actually felt like there were people who were experiencing similar things or even going through worse things than me. And I, it was more a gut check to be like, actually, what I'm going through is not the end of the world. I can actually not power through this. Yeah. But then uh, I found a uh, cognitive behavior therapy and that helped me big time so just to help me like reframe my thoughts to help me reorient all the negative thinking everything that I was doing wrong so I have what I call my counsel um, and I call this a counsel because I initially thought I had like one inner voice but the reality is there were a couple of them so I had overthinker Bob who would always always question all of my decisions and make my life nightmare I always had negative Nancy where she would always come in and tell of me course, all the wrong course. things that I'm doing and telling me that I'm never good enough. And that was just enough for me to put myself down. 
But over time, I realized that every time I would have these anxiety triggers, I learned mindfulness. I learned about breathing, and there was once a time where I was walking on one of my walks after lunch, and I was like, "Oh, oh, I can feel my stomach is getting that same symptom again." But then I took some deep breaths, and I was like, "I've got my positive pam. I can do this. Like, I don't have to sprint to find <laughs> like." I, I literally, I was in North Carolina at that point, and I was like, "Okay, I'm going to find. Uh, I know Publix is nearby. Like, 15 minutes, I'll make it to the restroom, but I need to make that 15 minutes happen." And so I was just taking deep breaths. I was like, "Okay, I can do this." Walked little by little, little by little, made it to the Publix, and I was okay. I survived it. And I, the reason why I tell you the story is because I started to take every day with gratitude. I was like, "Okay, every day is one moment mm. in time. If today doesn't go well, it's okay." and i knew what had triggered that there was some conversation i had with family and some something triggered me feeling like oh i was not good enough i was not doing all the right mm. things and that led to that episode but i was able to manage it and i actually felt proud because i was like by myself i don't know how i'm going yeah. to do all these things and that's where i always look at positive pam i'm like today might not be a good day but there's always a tomorrow and so i've been very very thoughtful and mindful about every day and mm. appreciating every day i think even more than i've ever done in the past 39 years so may of my uh, may 2020 was when i actually made this commitment and a promise to help people to tell the story because at the end of the day we all have our own struggles but once mm. you start speaking you actually heal much faster and that's why what you're doing jd is amazing because <laughs> i I have seen the power of that healing. Like I've even this morning, I went and spoke with one of our uh, team members, and we were just sharing our anxiety stories, and we were comparing notes, and we were like, "Oh, it, anxiety right? yeah. comes in different shapes and forms." But it's sure. important for us to be transparent about it, and actually be more authentic to myself because I realized I was doing all the things that was expected of me—that society, family, all the things that were there—but that was not really me. That was not the authentic me. So I've spend the past 3 years to really find who me is and discover yeah. and be i think blessed and say hey actually this person whoever this div is is fine just as she is and good enough like you don't have to like recreate something and so i've been using the mantra fearless in all shapes and forms mm-hmm. and that has actually helped me throughout uh, the journey and uh, i'm here to help anybody that's going through it because Every time I speak to somebody, uh, when I got diagnosed was when I realized there were two team members in my my own team that had similar challenges. And as a leader, as a manager, I didn't even know. I only knew yeah. because I shared my story. So I, I truly believe in the power of that. Yeah. And so looking back, then you know, from like prior to like February 2020, like, can you see things in your life that kind of built up to it, or that like, ah, like. Makes sense now that you have this, you know, label or you know, mm-hmm. phrase. You know, some people don't like to say that. You know, like yeah. the label thing. I think it. I think it does kind of, kind of help in a way that it, it kind of it gives you this, huh, like the relief mm-hmm. that it's like okay, that kind of makes things make sense a little bit more. Can you can you see if there like was a pattern leading up now that you have there, more of a definition? Are- Yeah, there were plenty of patterns. There were plenty of signs. I think my body was giving me all the signs I needed, but I was very good at just pushing it under the rug. This podcast is humbly sponsored by BetterHelp. As a holistic health coach turned mental health advocate, I know the importance of finding the right support. Why? 
Because I've been battling anxiety and depression for over 10 years, and I know I'm not the only one who struggles with their mental health. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, BetterHelp is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen. Talk to your therapist in a private, online environment at your convenience. All you do is just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you're matched with the therapist in under 48 hours. I say this all not as someone telling you to simply click on another sponsor, but as someone who's been seeing a better health therapist for the past year. I've never felt more valued, respected, and full of hope for my mental clarity than I do with each passing session with my therapist. Join the 3 million plus people, that plus being me, who have taken charge of their mental health when experience better health therapists. As a special bonus offer to listeners, you get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash fragile moments. That's betterhelp.com slash fragile moments. Remember, just because you need help doesn't mean you're not worth helping. Sure. And I just call it my Feb 2020 was my pressure cooker moment where it just burst. <laughs> there was, was no it, yeah. more holding it in. Um, but one of the things that I realized was what happened in Feb 2020. I was like, okay, now I'm going to be very disciplined. I'm going to be careful about the work that I do, the work environment that I'm in, and make sure that I'm staying away from toxic, like toxic political environments are not a place for me to thrive. And it literally yeah. put me down, right? So made sure I put the right guardrails. I was working 24-7-ish in a weird way because I had teams around the world and I didn't really put the right disciplines for me. So I was like, okay, next job that I go into, I'm going to put on all those disciplines. And then I changed jobs. I got into a company where it was, again, that same talk. Like, we were all remote, but I could... Like, I'm a very highly sensitive person is what I've learned in the past year. Um, And because of that, any, like even a little bit of like stress or anything in the environment, I tend to absorb it very, very badly. And so that took a toll on me in October 2021, where I was walking the Chicago River Walk and uh, with a friend. And in split seconds, I knew something was off. Like I could feel my stomach was rumbling. And I was like, okay, I, I see a wall. I just need to go to the wall and I'll be okay. I blacked out. I, I don't know what happened mm. between that that moment and then... I fell, I scarred my face and I was like, Div, this is the last sign you need to listen to your body. Stop doing whatever you're doing because this work thing is yeah. not really working for you. And that, yeah. that was the only sign that I needed. So I stopped my full-time job. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do next. And mentoring was but the only thing that gave yeah. me the sense of fulfillment. And now I'm yeah. doubling down on that. But the signs were always there. I just didn't pay attention to it. And so now yeah. I'm very careful on what kind of work I do, what kind of environment that I'm in. And that has dramatically changed how I look at life itself, right? Like just yeah. appreciating the little joys of life, if you will. And it, I mean, and, and I don't want to say like later on in life, because you're younger than me, but I mean, you said 39, right? And yeah. like for a lot of people, that's like, ah, like this took so long to get here. Like, this is terrible that I let myself get here. But you sound like it's not like you said grateful but it, mm-hmm. it's like almost like you hear that and you're like yeah well at least i got here well you know, and that's, you... that's where i am right yeah. like, at least i got here yeah. and uh at least i didn't have to go through medication to get to where i got to right 
um i was very adamant with my doctor i was like uh, i have seen my aunt uh, actually have challenges because she's pretty much lived her life on pills and i was like there's no way i'm going to take medication you. if i can escape it and yeah. i'm i'm glad that i made that choice because most people don't have that choice right i think no, there's right. plenty of stats where we are either on some sort of medication or we just can't get out of it and be that like anything right so i i think i'm i'm really blessed that i didn't have to go through that experience because sometimes yeah. you do get addicted to the medication and you can't really get out of it and i've ha- had people share those stories with me once i shared mine and i was like okay i'm i'm glad that cbt is there but it's not the end or be all right like it, if you have the right communities we can bring people together and just help them share their stories it takes away a weight from you and sure. it makes you feel like okay you're not by yourself in this there are other people to support you and that's i think what we're all trying to do right like together yeah. we can heal and make that make that change happen So it's it's very interesting how things work out but uh if you yeah. ask me at that point in time when I was going through it I would have been like this is the worst thing that could ever happen but sure. right <laughs> now I'm like actually I'm glad whatever happened I mean not in the best way like I feel like everything has to go down before something can rise up and so yeah. this this is probably my my example of the the phoenix rising in some way where I sure. had to like crash <laughs> and then uh get to where I'm going so I just hope that anybody who's listening or anyone that's even having an inkling of like something is not right just go talk to people right anybody mm-hmm. that is your confidant any and and for me it wasn't even like family that I felt comfortable sharing I had few folks that I shared and then this there was a group uh which was part of the fearless training program that I was in and we were a group of four few of them in Australia few in the US and Canada and these were complete strangers but just hearing their stories and them just listening to my stories a, yeah. just gave me the time to and i think time is the biggest healer right like for me yeah. nature was uh, great like I, just getting out and walking in nature gave me the i don't know the peace of mind that i was missing and yeah. it allowed me to slow down my life i think that was the biggest thing like i was on this rat race if you will and i was like i'm done with the rat race like there is no end to this vicious cycle it's just go 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 and i i don't yeah. want to live like that like i've been the most creative the most productive in the past 2 years that i've ever been in my career and my life and i'm like that's what i want to be like i want to help yeah. people that's that's my ek guy so i'm glad whatever happened whichever way and shape i don't think i'll change it and yeah. to to have got to where i did but i think growing up i always had anxiety in some shape or form but i just didn't know yeah. it um and i think just being a sensitive kid also brings that part in you yeah you talk about all these like simple tools that you hear over and over again too right i mean just getting out in nature like telling mm-hmm. yourself to to get out of these toxic environments uh you know you mentioned mindfulness meditation mm-hmm. these are all things you hear like over and over and you say it like it like yep that worked and like simple but mm-hmm. it's like for a lot of people it's not why do you why do you feel that it came so easy that yeah this is what's going to work for me and why it maybe doesn't necessarily come as as easy for others that it's like not what you want me to share <laughs> what about myself and yeah, yeah. go for a walk that's going to fix this now there's got to be mm. something else why do you why do you think that is for you i think So if you ask me how did I find mindfulness I don't really have an answer because I felt like I stumbled upon it um in uh I would say March of 2020 when 
I had like my my system had completely shut down. I could yeah. barely read a few words, and I was like, okay, I need to get back to like being functional. And somewhere along the way, I think Blinkist had these fifteen minute summaries, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna like start there. Like if I can at least absorb something, something in those fifteen yeah. minutes, that's something, right? And somewhere along those ways, I found one of these mindful books, and um, Thich Nhat Han then became my my teacher in in all theory and practice yeah. because he had this concept of savoring, right? Like he had this idea where he said, when you eat an orange, eat an orange. Like don't think about oh, I need to like do this next thing or I need to uh, now hmm. think about this meeting that I have to go to or oh. What my manager said the other, the other hour or something that like just being in this present moment and it sounded very cliche when I heard it. I was like, huh, it's one of those gimmicky like things that's there. But then sure, right. when I when I actually put it into practice, so when I actually joined a new company, I was like, I'm going to try to be fully present. I was I was adept yeah. at multitasking. I took pride in my multitasking. I was like, I am going to focus on single tasking. That's what I'm going to do. And yeah. if I'm talking to somebody, that's the only screen I have. That's right. It. This was the time we were in COVID. Everybody was going through a tough time. My team was in ten countries around the world. I knew that everybody was going through their own struggles in different ways. I could see how COVID was playing out in all these countries, right, from the U.S. to South America, to Europe, to Asia, and all I could do was just be there for them. That's the, yeah. the least I could do, right? So I I took mindfulness in that simple training of being like. When I'm talking to you, you are the only thing、This、that matters right now, and that's it. And I think that gave me the the grounding. Like it was not as like I've tried meditation, but I can barely keep my attention beyond two seconds or two minutes. But <laughs> this little thing of being mindful, like whatever I'm doing. So if I'm eating, I made a conscious choice to be like I'm just going to focus on、I'm、my eating. eating, not not watching TV or attending a meeting because that was what I was doing before. I would. Have my full day's calendar packed, and people were like, "Hey, do you have thirty minutes?" And I'm like, "I do have thirty minutes in my lunch time. Do you want that?" And then I would give it away, and I'd be like, barely eating and barely talking. Yeah, that that probably impacted my health in a bad、yeah. way. Right? It wasn't sustainable. So now I literally have like a mindful calendar. I have my breakfast blocked off, my lunch blocked off, my dinner blocked off. Everything else fits in beyond that. Not not in yeah, those slots. Not right? within so, it. Right? Yeah, not within it. And I think that helped.、Uh, I think walking, like I remember when I went to the doctor a few days after, like、uh, once I decided I was going to take that two month leave. The doctor was like, "Hey, what did you do? You look better already."、Uh, I'm like, I, I stopped crying. That was a big thing, I guess. But, <laughs> but he was like, "Yeah, just."、Uh, I was like, I went to my manager. My manager said from the next day, so it was Thursday that I went and told him, and he was like, "I, I would say the best manager ever because I don't think anybody would have given me that." Like, hey, Jeff, we got this. We'll fi- figure out what's happening. And、yeah. from Friday, I was like, okay, I'm not going to work. What do I do? I'm in San Francisco. I love the Fisherman's Wharf, so I walked a good hour to Fisherman's Wharf. It was freezing cold, <laughs> like Feb temperature, and I put took off my shoes, dipped my feet in the cold water, and it comforted me, like in a weird way. I don't know. The ocean does magic for me every time. So I did that. The next day, I was like, it's the weekend.、Uh, the、um, Magnolia was in bloom, and I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna go fa- see where these magnolias are." I went to Ocean Beach, did the same thing, dipped myself <laughs> in the water. It took like、Simple. over an hour and a half to get there because the trains were all walked up or something. But I got there and I was like, 
that's all I needed. I just needed like walk no, around, just connect myself with nature, and yeah. it did magic in ways that I can't really put words into. But it was doing something. It was helping me just ground yeah. myself. It was helping me reconnect with <laughs> with the universe in some way, and that's it. That that's all my, what yeah. mindfulness is for me. Like it's nothing. Gimmicky or like, oh, you have to like do these ten things, and that's what it is. It's just, yeah, just understand who you are, and I think getting comfortable with like listening to that inner voice because now me and my inner voice are best friends. <laughs> that counsel, <laughs> that counsel that I have, I really pay attention to the counsel because I know it's trying to tell me something, and every time yeah. I try not to listen to it, it doesn't end well. So now I now out. I've give, given in and be like, hey, yeah. I'm just going to listen to you because you're telling me that something is not working. And I think yeah. those signs, as much as we talk about the mind and gut connection, and I've been reading like a lot about it, it's true, yeah. right? Like our it's gut true. is yeah, the sure, yeah. the biggest brain, <laughs> the brain mind out there. And yeah. if we don't listen to it, like I, I've heard folks say, "Hey, we have IBS and all of these uh, symptoms," and I'm like, "It's just the environments." And yeah. the worst part is we don't really do anything about the environments and we think okay medication or something else externally is going to solve the problem and that's what i think troubles me the most because i wish that we took more time to make the environments much more uh conducive yeah. where it's more fostering a safe environment where we feel good about who we are and that we can actually be our best selves so that's yeah. that's i think uh, my biggest learning so far yeah and I mean, it, I mean, you, I mean, you used a good word there that, like, for a lot of people, it feels gimmicky, but it's still not a magic pill. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what people are like thinking that it's going to be. And I, there was a good example there that, like, for it, it, it stops you in and just looking at that moment and, like, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of gloss over and go, like, you know, just be in the moment. And it's, yeah, yeah. it's, I think, for me, it's a, a lot more than that. It's, it gives you, like you said, the brain space to go, mm-hmm. okay, well. I keep telling people I don't have time for this or I don't have time for that. And you probably really do. You just either filled it with other things or you're so caught up in, in the moment along with like other moments at the same time. And that's hard, right? I mean, your brain is always moving, but it's being able to sit in that dinner table or, that conversation with somebody and just be in that conversation kind of opens up the rest of it and go, okay, mm-hmm. dipping my feet in water did just simply work because like I'm allowing myself to feel mm-hmm. everything in that moment versus, well, my feet are in the water, but I also have a meeting at two, you know, yeah. it's, it's that. And I think for so many people, that's like, you know, it, it, it's a lot of work, but it, it like mm-hmm. that's why it feels gimmicky because it's like, there's no way there's no way that you're going to tell me that by just sitting here and just eating an orange and eating to eat an orange is going to work for everything. And I, you know, we get caught up in like, you know, as well, like that there's got to be other fixes to it mm-hmm. or like, you know, that you need all these steps and then it goes away, you know, and it's not like you just gained yourself a, a tool to use, you know, one of many, uh, you know, to fix in a situation, but there's never going to be, one solution right yeah, i mean yeah. there's an yeah. ongoing process of listening and and really like you said doing the work for yourself it is and and it's unbelievable the focus that i had in the past like sure when i when i left my job in november 2021 i was like 
what do I do? Like I, I was, I had started writing about my story. I called it the broken tea, a broken teacup, uh, filling the cracks with mindfulness, essentialism, and self care. Yeah. And it was my way of helping others realize that what they're going through is not just a one-off thing. Like we all yeah. have our own stories. Some version. All I could think of in that November was this December 2021. So my birthday was May 21, and I was like, 21 is my number. Like I have to like finish this book and self-publish it. And five weeks was what I had to get to December 21. And I was like, I'm going oh, to make it happen. And it was just that clear clarity that I had. It was the focus yeah. that I had to get it done. And then come 2022, I ended up like publishing other three books and. People are like, how are you even able to do this? And I'm like, I don't know. It was just the focus. That was it. Yeah. Like I was not trying to do a million things. I just had this one thing I wanted to get done. And I, I literally created like a four week sprint <laughs> or a six wow. week sprint. And that was it. Like I was like, people spend years working on books because they're doing a million things. And then whatever little time they have to work on the book, I am go back giving that. my full thing to this book and that's it. Right. And, yeah. and I, I, it was phenomenal. And I was like, I can't believe I did that by myself. And <laughs> I didn't even know what self-publishing. Like, I didn't know many of the things of what it takes to write a book. But uh, same what you were saying about, like, finding the time, right? I always said, oh, I never have time to read books. And 2020 was when I was like, actually, I want to take away whatever noise is there. So try to stay away from social media, try to stay away from the TV and the news, because all of those things were as sad as the things were that was happening around that time, it didn't help yeah. me. Like it was just negative information that was just putting me yeah. down. And I was like, I'm going to create whatever environment I need for me to thrive. And so taking away those things gave me the time to read books. And I put myself a goal of 100 books a year. I was like, oh, that's audacious. You serious? You've got to read 100 books? Good luck. But I did it. Like I was able to read because I had made that commitment and Choice. i use goodreads yeah. as my my counter to be like i'm not just saying i'm gonna do it i'm actually gonna track it right so having yeah. some way to like say hey this is important for me i'm going to make the time for it and now yeah. in the past three years i have been able to keep up and every year i'm like okay i'm gonna go back to that hundred books a year challenge and it was it was a fun way to just get me to read more but it was also a way for me to like learn what else is out there, right? Like the mindset yeah. connection that I told you about, Thich Nhat Hanh's books that are out there. So sometimes they say when the student is ready, the teacher appears. I felt like Thich Nhat Hanh was like that for me because I I was at a very bad shape in yeah. my life and I was like, I needed somebody to just show me the way and I, I consider that my guiding light in some way. And yeah. um, it's just phenomenal, like the things that you come across. Like recently I was reading a book by Pema Chodron where she talks about the places that will scare you. And I was like, oh, that title definitely rings a bell because I'm traveling yeah. and I'm really scared. <laughs> <laughs> traveling by myself, doing solo travel and doing slow travel um, because I just don't want to just travel for the sake of travel. I want to like experience the place. I want to experience yeah. the culture, the food, everything. And just finding those books, I feel like that's just like how I came across mindfulness in 2020, right? Like, yeah. Things will come find you when you're ready for it. And so when you're ready. mindfulness doesn't feel right for you, if you're like, okay, these things, uh, walks, all of those things don't feel right for you, just find what works for you. It doesn't have to be any big magic pill or doesn't have to be, oh, I need to do so many things to rewire whatever I'm doing. Just listen to your heart and mind and it will tell you what you need to do. Beautiful.
Well, thank you for, for sharing your story. What's Your Story is produced by me, JD, with background piano music by Chad Lawson. These beautiful, inspiring, wonderful stories, they're all yours, listener. So if you've got a story you want to share, you can do so by heading to fragilemoments.org slash tellyourstory. If there's something that rang a bell with you today or something that truly touched your heart in today's episode, let me know by sending me an email at jd.jedi at fragilemoments.org. Or you can just tag the show at at Story Sharing Pod on Twitter as well as Instagram. Thanks once again for choosing to listen, and I look forward to hearing your story one day, because we all have within us a story to tell, a song yet unsung.